Yes, it is. It's time to get in the ring on the Social Suplex Podcast Network for the first time in over three years. Holy mackerel. Time has evolved. here with me, too. Time has evolved so, so much in the last three years since we've done this. But this is a very, very special occasion on this love, it's a very, it's hot. It's hot outside. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hot. The, news, the news is hot in these streets. Saturday, July 23rd, 2022. The news is hot in these streets, as we know. Not even 24 hours ago, a big news dump went down. Where Actually, no. Let's, let's go back. Earlier in the day. Right. Earlier in the day, Triple H, well, it, it was WWE said, okay, Triple H is back in the office. He's going to resume the titles that he had as like, the leader of talent, EVP of talent relations, right? So he's gonna he's back uh, in office, and then not even what four hours later, like this had four, like around right four around, or five. It was right exactly noon. time because there was a Variety article okay. that got released right as the tweet got released. So the Variety had it. Um, so this was clearly orchestrated. Um. For it to be today, uh, for for it to be yesterday, okay. Uh, um, because Voices of the Wrestling and their breaking news audio. I I've been listening to breaking news audios like all day. I've been listening, like I listened to Observer Radio this morning. I listened to Russell Nomics. I listened to I listened to Voices. I haven't listened to what the Torch had to say, but I have the Torch report up. Uh. I know that Twitch report is very lengthy. Um, there's also a great op-ed by Joe Lanza on the Voices of Wrestling Patreon about the disgraced legacy of Vince McMahon. Yeah, um, that's, that's a fair way to describe it. And it is. We're not here to throw out praise at this man right now. This is not the day to do that. No, it's not. It's not the day to completely give him his flowers. No, and and, and talk about his. Okay, has has he had a career that has changed a whole lot of lives? Absolutely. Yes. But we do have to be objective about Vince and talk about. And a lot okay. of people haven't been objective, and it's right. been frustrating. That's fair. It's been frustrating to say the least. Um. When you have one of the founders of a wrestling website tweeting out, um, like, Vince, you wouldn't be here if it wasn't for Vince. Oh, something along those lines. And I'm like, wrestling would have existed with or without Vince. Mm, okay, now that part I kind of disagree I with. Think, I think wrestling would have It wouldn't have existed on a full-on national level. Global and and that and that it wouldn't be wrestling wouldn't be as promoted as like it wouldn't be as pop culture as mainstream as universally accepted right as it is today without Vince that's where I disagree I I, I totally like where where people would say like oh oh, you wouldn't this wouldn't be without Vince that part I buy I, I will buy that. But no, but well, we're saying there's not, a difference this between. This is not the day to do that. This is not the day to evaluate that. This is a. No, no, no. Because we got this article is coming out when the um, it's apparently coming out in a month. The uh, okay. real, the Brian Gumble real sports beats on uh, Vincent. Mm. Um, apparently there there was a lot that came out, and a lot of, and it's a doozy. According to people who have seen it, mm, okay. So, I'm not, I'm not the biggest fan of this man. As you guys, you made, you made it booker. abundantly clear on, on, on social on, over the years. You made it abundantly clear that you're not a, a huge fan of Vince McMahon. And let's write what I said on my social, which, which actually got a few laugh reacts. I saw I'm that. Like, yeah, you get a few. When you get a few live reacts, and I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, look at what this man's accused of, and you're laughing at, laughing at him being a saint. 
Come on. Um, so I said, let's not pretend Vince McMahon is a saint. He's an alleged serial rapist who used money and power in the wrestling industry to feed his desires. Mm-hmm. And then I sort of fueled it with my idea, which is he's an overrated creative mind who nearly botched every opportunity because how out of touch and micromanaged things he needed to be. I am really happy Vince McMahon's gone and out of the public eye. This will make wrestling better for in the long run. That's what I said. <laughs> okay, now, the fact that Vince is no longer running or has anything to do with day-to-day and day-to-day operations or in WWE, 100% agree there. I do think with a younger, a fresher, a way more in-tuned mind that Triple H has, that Shawn Michaels has, that uh, that uh, Kevin Dunn is uh, done still with the company has in terms of in ring and I do try I think Stephanie McMahon will be fine in terms of the business side of things. She's done she's done a good job of it on the business side. So I got no issues there. But I think it absolutely WWE absolutely did need and has needed it for a couple of years. This part I agree with has needed a fresh fresher voices. Fresher, younger voices who are more adept to what's going on in the culture in the cultures today. So I, I do agree with that notion. And but the Vince has failed at everything else. And this is why I say he's overrated because he's failed at everything else but pro wrestling. He's tried to shy away from professional wrestling. And he hates the word pro wrestling. Yes, he's way more on the entertainment side. He is focused far, far more on entertainment and big names and big stars. And it's way more to a fault that Vince focused on, okay, let's do stuff with Roman. Let's do stuff with Ronda. Let's do stuff with Charlotte, Becky, uh, Brock, all the big names that are going on. But for far too long, it seems like the mid-card and or those who are really just are way better at wrestling than they are at being like on a microphone per se or character work per se, they kind of get excluded or kind of get like thrown to the side. And we don't see that kind of pure wrestling energy that other companies have done and other companies have done far better over the last few years. The only exception being NXT 1.0, but even then that's a lot more Triple H based, Triple H and Sean based to me than it is Vince based. And you, you see the difference of 1.0 to 2.0 where Vince – where when did Vince take over to, um, NXT? Like what? Like right before they went to 2.0? Right, right before they went to 2.0, yeah. Right before. You see, the, you see the difference. You see the difference. Because 1.0, NXT, notoriously, for like five or six years, was WWE's best brand, and it wasn't close. They were putting on bangers on, on every takeover. And it was it was easy money. Like NXT was like – without question was their best thing. Now – it's watchable, sure. It's still probably like them and SmackDown are kind of like neck and neck as their best brand, but it's nowhere near the energy that 1.0 was. And yeah. I think a lot of that was like Vince trying, Vince trying to put one put a 2.0 in his own image, where you have the the big muscle bound dude as, as the main guy breaker, and you have the bombshells in terms of like the, their main the main women toxic attraction. Like so, like that's that seems to be really like the main parties here and that's unfortunate to me i like i'd like to see more like some of the some of the best stuff nxt does like carmelo hayes or grayson waller or cameron grimes who've all killed it like all killed it. tony d'angelo like i like i like some of their stuff right. way more than breaker and, and like way more than breaker stuff like in the men's division for example and that, that's always bothered me so i hope we get back to that but um I want to make note to the Voices of Wrestling, written by Joe Lanza. Uh, a great day for pro wrestling. The shameful and overrated legacy of Vince McMahon. This is on their $5 tier. We're going to read a lot of it um, on Patreon. I don't think Joe would mind because we're plugging it. We are. Go to their mm-hmm. Patreon. Go to voicesofwrestling.com slash Patreon. Um, pay the $5. You can read it for yourself. But, but I want to really analyze this article because I think... Joe hit a lot of points here that I agree with and a lot of points that that really hit home to the fact that 
hit hit points of what I thought that Vince McMahon's overrated. Um, so he said, "This is a great day for pro wrestling. This is a great day for pro wrestling fans." He lists off a lot, a lot of the allegations here, and in italics, puts the word "and." I think that's poignant. Setting aside that Vince McMahon is an alleged serial rapist, and setting aside like a murder cover-up, and the direct contribution to the Owen Hart, death of Owen Hart, and firing dozens of people during the heart of a global pandemic while in the midst of record revenue and profits. And you, you, it goes on and on and on. This, all of that aside, he says, this is still a great day for pro wrestling and pro wrestling fans. There have been periods of WWE over the years that I have enjoyed. But for the better part of four decades, WWE has been horrendous on-screen product. Irredeemably bad sometimes, for example, right now. The creative vision of a man so insecure and embarrassed by the business he's in that he insists he actually isn't in it. Sports entertainment isn't just a marketing hook. It's a direct reflection of the man who hates the only thing he's ever been good at so much that he's lost millions of dollars desperately trying to succeed at something, literally anything else. Bodybuilding, boxing, supplements, pro football, twice, movies. Yup. I think that's a big part of why this is a very complicated legacy. Because he was only successful at one thing, and he did not stick to that one thing. Your thoughts on this so far? That uh, that he's failed to connect. That he's yes. That, that the pro- yeah no he's that's, that's I said it earlier yeah he, he doesn't he does seem out of tune. I, I feel like he's been out of tune for a while now. Uh. In terms of a lot of what, like in terms of like things failing, what like like his character, like the character work, like the character development. In terms of failing, this is a guy Joe Lanza doesn't even like the attitude there. So he, mm, I disagree with that. That part I disagree with. So he doesn't even like the attitude error. Yeah, I'll disagree with that part because the the attitude error was probably attitude error was probably was peak of powers, and the ruthless aggression probably doesn't age well. Uh, honestly, if you watch it, back- oh, oh, not, oh, yeah, not, not this. Yeah, you couldn't do a lot of the stuff of Attitude Era now. That I'll buy. I'll buy that. I'll, I will hundred percent buy that. Doesn't age well, and I think the quality of it and like the short boom, 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 five minute matches and five minute promo. It's a format that's outdated. Yeah, no, and- it, it it fit well in that time. It to to say, it, but to say it was bad, I disagree. But it fit well for that time period. He was obviously in touch then. And he obviously understood that still what was going on then. That worked. Rufus aggression era. I think that worked. I think I think that was I think for its time, and in some cases, some of that works now, that worked. I would say probably when things started to go super south, as in like, oh, things are going things are this like there were some things that were okay, but then there were things like, what are you doing? Probably what, mid like 2013, 2014? Yeah, that's what that's what Rich Rich and uh, James said on when was the last time Vince McMahon was an elite booker, and he said 2013, 2014. Yeah, uh, that's that's the last. Yeah, I think that's the last time I would say okay. They did a show too. This, uh, this through, is dope. On the Social Suplex Podcast Network, I would highly, highly suggest you check out the YouTube clip of Rich Lotta packing up Vince McMahon. It's gold. It's I might play it here because it's absolute gold and it's absolute fire and it's everything I thought going in. So going on. Vince spent his entire career chasing mainstream acceptance and trying to prove 
that he was better than the wrestling promoters and in the wrestling business he despised. And he was able to force people around him to make, to use his weird verbiage and build an insulated world where he can pretend that something, something he's something more than a wrestling promoter. Deep down, he knows that's all people will ever see him as. Because that's exactly what he is. He can't run away from that. Run from that. And it eats away at his soul. Good. And I think I think that's the essence of Vince Man right there. I think this is now me editorializing. That's the essence of Vince McMahon. Is him running away from pro wrestling. Running away from thing he's good at. And trying to be able to be good at something else. And he was never good at anything else. Um, it makes sense that I have been embarrassed to be a wrestling fan for most of my fandom. Because the most influential person in the business was embarrassed of it. And was caught, and it created an embarrassing product. 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 Yeah, Which is why, yeah, it's a rest, and it kind of speaks to wrestling being a niche following, a niche sport. Either you're really in it or you're really not, and I think that's that still sticks, and I, I'll buy that. I I can buy that. I I can definitely buy that thought of okay, oh, like, there's there's some people who really like wrestling. There's some people who barely know it exists, and Vince's quest to try to make it mainstream, I think sometimes he absolutely tried too hard. There are people he succeeded with. Roman Reigns, John Cena's mainstream. Uh, under, like, recently, since since 2013-14. Like, uh, like, Charlotte's mainstream because of her, lane, her name. But she's mainstream. Becky's mainstream. But, but a lot of it is... A lot of it is, I think, because I think Vince tries too hard. And I can totally buy that part of it. And obviously, the outside of the ring stuff... That you were talking about before, he can't escape that. Yeah, that's a that's a different legacy all to itself. And to me, Vince really does leave two legacies. The in ring legacy is obvious. Like we, we see we see it in terms of for it's good and it's bad, and we see that in a sense of is outside of the ring legacy all the drama he was he's been into, obviously all the all the the rape accusations now the the time Warner Ted Turner stuff. They, they, the drama he had there. Wasn't yesterday the anniversary of um, him beating the cases of, uh, what was it? Well, it wasn't Hogan, but it was, it was another anniversary of Vince, be- like, like, beat the case somewhere. Like, an- another crime that he was accused of. But it, it was a, yeah, you got, you got the, you got the picture, you got the pictures right here uh, to prove it. <laughs> but, yeah, no, 100% of Vince, I think, has two legacies, and one doesn't escape the other. And in some cases, one's probably because of the other. Yep. Think he uh I muted myself. That's my bad. Okay. okay. He goes on to not to to validate the business acumen of Vincent Man. Oh he knew he knew how to make money. He he did make a whole lot of money. Um in this paragraph go. right here. But then but then I'm gonna go through each paragraph of the uh, the uh, overrated period okay. because I think he brings up a lot of interesting points here. As a creative mind and star creating genius, McMahon is overrated. Some of his greatest successes were often a, the product of someone else's efforts luck or locking into into what made his failures eventually work. And WWE history is littered with examples of McMahon leaving millions of dollars on the table. WWE documentaries won't tell you that Hulk Hogan was already the biggest star before in the world before Vince plucked him away from Vern Gagne. McMahon made the necessary business deal to secure Hogan, but didn't create the star. The alleged genius of Vince McMahon 
Seth's grave vision gave us the ringmaster and smiling babyface Rocky Maivia. Two abject failures despite mm-hmm. Steve Austin and The Rock being considered as can't-miss two blue-chip prodigies by literally everyone in the wrestling business from mm-hmm. quite literally their first days in the business. Austin's now ex wife accidentally created the Stone Cold character. The Stone Cold character, yeah. Yeah, that, that reignited and saved Austin's career after Vince's bad ideas nearly killed it dead. Yes, I do remember that. I, I do My remember that. Was relentlessly booed out of the building and in, in a mac- massive miscalculation of Dwayne Johnson's strengths and Johnson's overwhelming charisma made his role inevitable in spite of McMahon's shitty vision. Also true. The alleged genius of McMahon also gave us Mankind, which pigeonholed one of the most charismatic and proactive talkers and characters in wrestling into one in a one-note cartoon. Mick Foley achieved his greatest success and drew the most money once he shed the most derivative and constructive aspects of the original character. McMahon gave us Ruthless Aggression John Cena, a man you mentioned. Mike, yes, who was such a flop that McMahon he thought he was gonna get fired right out of the gate. He, he, he even admitted he thought he was gonna get fired right out of the gate. Cena was goofing off and rapping on the tour bus, saved his career. Yes, viewership plummeted, and the entire streaming service failed as the McMahon force fed Roman Reigns to his fan base in all the wrong and obvious ways for nearly eight years. Until and, th- and this is where I think they went wrong. I think the I think the part where Vince's creative cre- creativity jumped the shark is probably the 2015 Royal Rumble, when Roman wins the Rumble, and I predicted it was going to happen. But like it, even then, we were and we were there. We were there. We were there. We, were there. we, saw, we saw it happen. It was it relentless. Was Everybody relentless. dumped on it. Everyone dumped on it right away. That everyone the immediately dumped on Roman. The Rock. No. Dwayne Johnson could not save that thing. No. You had to turn him heel. And you yeah. waited eight way, years. Way, way too long to do it. And then he adds WWE versus WCW. The biggest layup in wrestling history. Dean Ambrose. Hulk Hogan, Ric Flair. ECW. The reboot of ECW. Flair's which, first which, run. Which, Vader. Which failed, yeah. Road Warriors. Terry Funk in 1986. Polka Dot Dusty. He could go on and on and on with endless examples of Vince failing to understand what made these people stars and, as a result, ultimately drawing far less money with them than they would draw elsewhere. Despite all the advantages of being the top promotional world with the most promotional money. Even Mr. McMahon. Perhaps the biggest money-drawing heel in the history of wrestling was a happy accident. As Ben saw himself initially as a babyface, Vince McMahon <laughs> would be twice as wealthy today if he was given half the creative genius. He mis- it's, he's been mythologized to be. Even if I held... So this is Joe speaking now. Even if I held any... Affection or reference for Vince McMahon, the wrestling partner, which I do not, and I'm in that same boat. You're in that class, yeah, you're in that class. I surely wouldn't embarrass myself the way the feckless wrestling, pathetic wrestling media have today, tripping over themselves to praise a downright, indefensibly flawed, and evil human being. A 77 year old man who has committed a lifetime of literal atrocities and contributed to ruining countless of lives. A lifetime of beyond pale personal and professional behavior makes it impossible to parse the art from the artist. And even if I believe he positively contributed to pro wrestling, which I do not, which again, I surely do not, and I'm in that same boat. You absolutely don't. <laughs> you made that clear for years. You you do you don't believe in that ideology that Vince is a, is a is the like end all be all. These glowing tributes and thank yous are going to age quickly and badly. 
as it's obvious that Vince McMahon is ducking out now before the Wall Street Journal and the HBO drop the bombshells that would end him for good. When that happens, remind these assorted Cretans that they chosen to praise. Don't let them off the hook. Good riddance to the promoter who created crappy wrestling and made the hobby less enjoyable for 40 years. And here's to the well-aged crappy legacy. He said the S word, but I'm going to probably put this on Monco Radio. And murder, mm. no sex crime he's left behind. Mm. I loathe him as a wrestling promoter, and I have zero respect for him as a brand. What a great day. We are rid of him. Hit the bricks, Vince. Go away forever. <laughs> Don't ever come back. Ooh. That was some that heat. Is scathing. That, that is some, that's some scathing. Heat. That was some heat. And you know what, though? And, yeah, the, the one thing you wanted to touch on earlier, you talked about earlier, was the Owen Hart thing. That was 100% completely avoidable, and I completely understand why his wife and children basically want nothing to do with him. Uh, I, I completely understand... Uh, and obviously the Owen Hart Foundation, they having little to do with that. I completely understand why that was completely unavoidable. The whole Superman character, like, like repelling from the ceiling, they, they didn't have to do any of that. And clearly, that was an example of Vince trying too hard. And that was that was a really reckless decision to make. So that's a perfect, that's a really good example. Like the the Chris Benoit thing, for example, where they ju- they jump right into a three hour thing. Now. That's a catch-22 where Benoit was, like, before we realized what he did, was honorable. It uh, was received as honorable by all of his peers and everyone he worked with. And people would have probably, they would have probably been upset, like, oh, like, you're not going to honor a guy that's super honorable and it, like, it's perceived to be a really good guy uh, in the company. So there's, there's no way, heads or tails about that. Like, there, there was no way to escape that. But I think I, where people I think the tweet that shows us the most is a tweet by Trevor Dame. Okay. Whenever the people say the wrestling media is too hard on the industry, remember I, this guy. I disagree. Yeah, I disagree with that. <laughs> yeah, I disagree, I disagree with that. Of the wrestling media covered Vince for decades and suffered and he suffered nearly a scratch. The Wall Street Journal writes two articles, and he's done. That's partly an indictment on them. Yeah. But yeah, he can't, he can't also, to be fair, I think if Meltzer had ever been like, I discovered Vince McMahon murdered the entire Little League dream, and here's proof. I think the general public would have been like, sure he did, Dave. I'm not reading in that tiny font. Yeah, no, he would have. It would have been. Uh, I guess it would have depended on who. Wrote That's it. the tweet I wanted to. to yeah, because Mel- yeah, Meltzer has been seen as like some people hate Meltzer. So like, I guess I guess it really does depend on the messenger. It, it truly does depend on the message. If, if it's somebody that's universally respected or universally loved in the wrestling community, I think yeah, I think that now you, you got to look at what you really need. You look at what. WWE, the hierarchy of influence of WWE, which WrestleNomics, I'm going to share this. So, I'm going to open this image in a new tab and share this tab here. Um, so, hierarchy of WWE influence. So, you look at it, fans. And feedback and wrestling media are the least of WWE's concerned. Ooh, because, yes, I see that. Because Ooh. it's not apt for WWE to listen to fans anymore because it's not direct mm-hmm. consumer consumer business. Any, sometimes it is, but their ticket sales are not really their number one money. No. Their gate is for TV revenue. Their gate is TV, their gate is sponsorships. Yes, 100%. Their gate is TV and sponsorship primarily. So, Definitely. number two would be talent. And number mm-hmm. three would be negative mainstream attention and scrutiny. This is what got Vince gone. This is what got Vince to say, 
Screw it. I'm out of here. Two Wall Street Journal articles. And he's done. He's done. And the corporate executives and the corporate executives looking at it. Saying these two entities right here got it done. Mm. And we don't know what influence NBC Universal and Fox or or business partner had on saying yeah, Considering how right wing Fox is, I don't think I, don't, I think this is way more NBC based than than uh than Fox based. Considering how right winged and but remember uh, Roger Ailes got got ads from Fox for lesser. Fair, but like the perception of Fox News is that they are super right winged and super red, and Vince hasn't hasn't hit from it, but he's super he, he's super red in terms of his affiliations. But I honestly think I think like NBC probably would have really snapped at him had he stayed throughout all this drama that he was going through. And I did find it a bit awkward, and I can understand if people found it distasteful. Like like his last couple of appearances where he said like three sentences and then dip, and like even after all this stuff came out, like like the and he like said the, the first <laughs> yeah. Right, like, like right when the first abuse came out, like, he was he was on like it came out on the Friday. He was on that SmackDown, where, and where well, the first and abuse came out that SmackDown. Fightful reported that he said, right. literally, f him. Right, like that was like, I got I felt that was a little distasteful, a bit distasteful. That was, that was a bit distasteful to to do that. So we'll move on to the torch here. Where they had a lot on the fallout of this. And Wade will be expanding on it on a Wade Cow Hotline this weekend. And here are some written notes on the Wade Vince Man retirement situation after numerous conversations with many people in the wrestling industry. After this, the news for a Friday, Friday afternoon, most of whom are currently with. WWE, and there's a copyright, um, but we're crediting the torch. We are saying this is PW Torch. Go to VIP.PWTorch. This is where I'm getting it from, and and yes. So, so the first note is Vince McMahon is really gone and is not return expected to return in any capacity nope. within WWE in the future. Stephanie McMahon and Nick Connor as co-CEOs. Are the two most powerful people in WWE as of today? Triple H, Bruce Pritchard, and Kevin Dunn are in the mix at the next level. Although Triple H's power has risen, and Pritchard and Dunn are seen, primarily seen as Vince's guys. Mm. Friends and colleagues do not have any idea how Vince will handle this dress change in his life. He has no hobbies or social life outside of WWE, other than visiting his grandkids. And he has never had a clear schedule. He's been a workaholic his entire adult life. Some are worried for him. Others tell me they're just curious. One ex-WWE wrestler told me, what the F will he even do with himself? I worry about his health. His health will go down from this. Some people are wondering if people who have left the company will return, such as former writers. I am told... That's not in the plans. For instance, Brian Gerwertz, who has a book coming out in the next month about his time in WWE, as including years as a head writer, is not expected to be returning. The key roles will be expected to be filled internally. Bruce Pritchard is expected to essentially be head of creative and lead director of Brown Craig Smackdown. Joy. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and remain uh, so for the foreseeable future. Yeah, I think Prince is a little. I think a little in that Vince camp of, of a bit outdated as well. I, I'll, I can buy that. He was in gorilla position last night, and when on SmackDown ran the show, Stephanie McMahon will oversee him. Okay. Pritchard will oversee the top writers for TV, including Ed Koski on Raw, who's been there for many years, and Ryan Callahan on SmackDown. Both Koski and Callahan are likely secure their positions under Stephanie. Kevin Dunn. This is the big one. 
remains in yeah. position and expected to remain there for a while. Although he has never been seen as a Triple H guy or tight with Stephanie. So I'm told that it's not unlikely he'll be there around a year from now, which is a joy. <laughs> oh, Kevin Dunn a piece out. Okay, they Kevin Dunn a piece out. What, what, his contract runs out in a year? Probably. Okay. That, yeah, I think that what, would... When yeah, Triple okay. H was running NXT and building his team, the prevailing thought was he was good. He was setting up successfully for Vince's main inner circle, including Dunn, whom he'd never been close to. Mm. This next note is about Triple H. Okay. Triple H is pa- gains power and influence, both because of his official role as head of talent relations and because he's married to Stephanie McMahon, who is co-CEO. Right. He was officially announced as head of talent relations in a Friday press release this morning before Vince McMahon Newsbrook. <laughs> he is the most experienced person in those areas now that Vince McMahon is vacating, given he, that he essentially was Vince McMahon in NXT for all those years. Triple H is said to have good business acumen and impresses the right people in Wall Street. <laughs> no, no crap. Yeah, no kidding. Um, and business interactions, despite coming from the wrestler and the gym instead of the Ivy League business college world. Which Changes on it. Triple H gets it. That Triple H understands. Yeah. Changes on air and behind the scenes without Ms. McMahon are anticipated to be gradual without priority, putting a giving all the sense of stability to business partners, advertisers, and media stockholders, and Wall Street. But there will be changes. But what do you what do you think of all this note so far? Uh, so far, I think it's if this is the start of the transition of the. Triple H runs the wrestling side of things, and Stephanie and company run the business side of things. Perfectly fine. I think that's the way this should be. Uh, the Triple H, we I, I spoke to his stuff. I spoke about his stuff before, but with NXT, where when Triple H had control of it, NXT was their best stuff. It, it, it connected with the fans. It connected. It brought energy to WWE that they just didn't have, and. Right. That's something that WWE absolutely needs, is to go back to... Like, can you imagine Raw, like, like the Raw and SmackDown over the last seven, year, seven eight years? With NXT, with, with those, with NXT 1.0's guts? We would think entirely differently. Of and Raw maybe and AEW wouldn't have been created. There you go. We would, yeah, because nobody, nobody would have been that frustrated with WWE or, or creative, and, and nobody would have dipped for AEW. So, yeah, we, like, imagine with those kinds of guts... For three days a week, as opposed to what used to be just one, how different things would be. So, I think you get back, get closer to that, and it'll probably yeah. I, I think it'll probably will take a year or so, um, because of Pritchard and Dunn and how influential they are, and we'll see how it, how they use their power respectively over the rest of their contracts. But it would not shock me at all if after their contracts run out. That neither come back. Yeah, and, and the the, the Triple H just takes over and says like, I got it. I don't. I, I just bring my team over from NXT 1.0 and we keep it moving. And we we do it with, like we used to do and keep it moving. I can totally see that happening. Multiple sources believe that Vince McMahon would have stayed longer, and the timing of his departure just days before the Raw taking place in MSG does point to this being a serious situation where he couldn't afford to wait any longer. Vince has always seen MSG as a special place and home base of sorts, and to not have one last show there he was part of indicates he felt the pressure to retire this week. It's just speculation at this point, but people are wondering if something else regarding Vince McMahon's conduct with women was about to come out, and if the timing of this retirement was him realizing that to protect the company he that he remained. He had to go. Be, yeah. Mm, now I, I thought I thought about that too. I, I thought the real sports one, the real sports ones coming out in August. I know that one for a fact. Everyone's pointing to that August twenty third day, and it's going to be a one to so one now. And that, that's going to be that's going to be a nuke. Okay, that's going to be a nuke. Um, Chris Zellner tweeted, "Get your popcorn ready." Okay. Um, 
So, and they've been tight with HBO. So that that's that's wild that they're gonna the HBO's gonna they're gonna drop that bomb on a, in a month. And I thought and I thought like, about that too. Who's What's HBO the... owned by? Yeah, good point. <laughs> yeah, there's that. <laughs> yeah, there's definitely that. And I thought about it. I was like, I was like the, the timing of this retirement. I'm thinking like, wait, Raw's coming to the Garden, and obviously, and then the SummerSlam, and then we're nine. We're, we're now a week away from the second biggest show they have of the year. And I'm like, wow, this is uh, the timing of it. I didn't think this would stay around for that long, much longer. Stay on any longer. But the timing is what. Yeah, I, I guess I guess he had to go. And like, part of me was thinking, like, is he gonna come back and like say his, his like public goodbye in the garden? Because like he's, he's talking about how his family built, how built the garden, uh, back back in the '60s or something. Like, it, like is that that part? I I would doubt it now, considering what the the damage that's uh, as the nukes that's about to be dropped in a month. Yeah. And now there's a now the other thought. You remember the whole Brock Lesnar drama? Like Brock Lesnar walked out of SmackDown. Now he came back and now he was there in the end. And he destroyed theory, uh, theory, but it it seems to me that Brock was way more of a Vince guy than he is a Hunter guy. That's that's what that that's what it feels like. So, like that impact of it is also going to be, I think, major. Um, what guys are gonna, I guess, be treated, I guess, a little differently in terms of like their style or like or, or booking or whatever. Or oh, and women too. Uh, what style? Like their style or their booking or whatever, as opposed right. with uh, with Hunter, as opposed to Vince. So that that part will also be very interesting to see. Uh, you watch my If WWE were sold in the next few years, which now becomes likely, Vince will have yeah. to approve the sale. He could also mm-hmm. initiate a sale and do so in a way that. The remaining power base wouldn't like. As a result, he has no day-to-day influence. And there will be n- an effort to not upset him with the changes that are m- made, or how to keep how his people are treated, or how he is talked about publicly. It is in everybody's best business interest to keep this man happy during this transition. Joy. <laughs> <laughs> while, while, while often the term "business as usual" is is to describe TV these days at WWE on big news weeks, the people I communicated with and indicated the vibe of SmackDown was different, both because of Vince's retirement and the Brock walkout, adding more uncertainty. Still, everyone had a job to do, and they focused on that. People are more on edge, but. There was some excitement for sure about the positive changes that were re- that were the result. WWE wrestlers were told a few weeks ago that Vince McMahon was there to stay. Whether that was a sincere belief or just an attempt to create stability amidst a developing storm of controversy is undone. However, being told that many wrestlers are surprised, if not just about the news of Vince's retirement. All wrestlers I have contacted since the news broke are bracing for a possible change or hoping that this news is good for good news for them. Mm. Every wrestler should expect to be reevaluated by the new creative structure and in the new in the coming months significant changes could be made to who is or who isn't getting pushed. Exciting. Vince McMahon's opinion on many wrestlers isn't necessarily shared to those who are now in charge. So some wrestlers will move Bing. up hard and others will move down. He will de- or be de-emphasized or find the roles changed. It will be within the flow of storytelling, though, and not through a massive reset. One ex retired, one tired retired ex WWE main eventer told me, "I think WWE will change in a great way. Now it will no longer be seen through the eyes of a seventy-seven-year-old billionaire." Mm. This is a former main eventer saying that. I think that's a hundred percent true. I think that's the way it should be. The wrestling has changed. Where it's no longer the six-four, six-five, two-seventy, like the Batista types of dudes. Where like you're six. Three or four or five, 
260 to 300 pounds and you're chiseled out of granite and you're almost automatically shot at the charts. Or you or you're like it's no longer everyone that just looks like Trish Stratus, where it's like you look gorgeous and you're just shot up the charts. Like it's no longer like that. I think that's a great thing. It's not to say that there are women who aren't attractive who are, are doing their thing or are, are good wrestlers in the company. It's just saying like that's not a prerequisite anymore. And I think that's perfectly fine. Stephanie and Nick Khan are being named co-CEOs, raising my eyebrows. Stephanie has long desired that position. Jerry Jarrett told me 20 years ago about a dinner he attended with the McMahons when Stephanie was barely a teenager when, where Stephanie asserted that she planned to take over for her dad someday. She spoke up when someone at the dinner table said something about Shane someday calling her father's Mm. So she had visions of this a while. She, yeah, yeah, she knew. Yeah, she knew this day was coming, and I think it's perfectly fine that Stephanie. Well, not that Shane, because Shane does run other businesses. I do believe, like like Shane, yeah, Shane's, Shane's not a, coming back. No, Shane's not coming back. No, but like Shane is a businessman to an extent. But this was never. I always thought of the heir apparent to WWE being Stephanie as, as opposed to Shane. It's just in her blood more. Like Steph, Stephanie, like values like wrestling as a business more i think than shane did uh, i think shane is way more like Shane. i think wanted to be an entrepreneur and kind of establish himself away from wwe so i could totally see this i could totally see this as a thing a recent harvard business article noted that less than five percent of fortune 1200 and russell 1000 companies have had co-ceos over the past 25 years span, and it's not, uh, but it's not unheard of. Stephanie and Nick Khan aren't said to be super close, but they aren't also enemies. They will have to navigate this sensitive time period together with the mutual goal of making positive changes and give off a sense of common steadiness to outsiders, considered that the postmates are in WWE. Concerned about whether they are co-CEOs in two years is anyone's guess. But it's not being ruled out as this could work out very well. They're they both different they bring both different strengths and they just they they just tell about the territorial overlap and everything like okay. that. Khan's that said, Khan was part of that part of the time period and the decision making when Triple H lost its NXT power and a lot of its infrastructure was dismantled. So it is the belief internally that there was some work to do to build trust and rapport. Mm. But but there's also a sense that they're open to working things out under this new situation. One person that I said t- talked with that Troy was not the one to hold a grudge and is hardwired to bury hatchets with people he had conflict with. Okay. Of course he is. Yeah, okay. Triple F and H. He knows how to adapt. Triple H has always known how to adapt. Like he, like he always knows how to. He doesn't like to bite hands that feed him either, which I totally understand. And I think that's a, I think it's a very smart, savvy move to make. I would, I would say. I thought this note. I thought this note was interesting. The women's wrestlers in WWE seem the most optimistic. Stephanie is a beloved key woman in the division, and there's face that she'll improve their TV time and their presentation, also giving them more creative voice behind the scenes. There's also belief in some among WWE that the return of Sasha Banks and Naomi is on the table. I was saw, I, I saw something about that. We're like. Sasha Banks and, and Bailey as well are way more Triple H women than they are Vince women. And yeah. that the return of Sasha is I, I think it's way more possible that Sasha returns. Like, yeah, well, like, will Sasha pay a fine, and Naomi too, but will Sasha and Naomi pay fines for walking out the way yeah. they did? Will, will they be disappointed? Absolutely they will be. It, it, it's, it's happened with, with CM Punk. Well, not CM Punk didn't really come back. Like, it happened with Austin, and it's happened with other people who've walked out. Yeah. So, I, I fully expect that that to like have like they'll pay a fine and then the both of them will be back and then I'd imagine Sasha will probably still get pushed to the moon. Naomi maybe, but I would imagine Sasha would absolutely get pushed to the moon because of how big her star power is and how good of a wrestler she is. For, 
former TNA owner, co-founder Jeff Jarrett. Jeff Jarrett. <laughs> we <laughs> have to talk about him. It's our right that he's the special guest ref in that tag match. I'm main eventing the Ric Flair last match. Yeah, the, oh, apparently I hear it's a series of matches. I hear they're going to barnstorm the country and like do like several of these uh, matches. Oh, no. Yeah, which, which is really, it's really bad. We're not just, from what I saw, uh, I think it was on Twitter, we're like, we're, what was it? It's uh, Flair and Andrade versus Jeff Jarrett and Jay Lethal. Yeah, and Jay Lethal. Yeah, right, right, yeah, right. Jay Lethal. And like they're going to like do a couple of these. Like not, I don't think this is a one of last match. So yeah. I don't think that's going to happen. I, I hope but. that's the case. But, uh, but yes, Flair's, yeah, Flair really is doing this last match. Jeff Jarrett, Jarrett, Jeff Jarrett always wins. All, Jeff she, Jarrett always he really, wins. He really does. He really, really does. He really does. Former TNA co-founder Jeff Jarrett might be someone to watch. Of course he is. He's a fucking... Oh, my bad. I can edit that out. <laughs> you'll, you'll, edit, you'll edit that out. It's okay. You can, you can edit He's that out. He's a snake. <laughs> he is. He really like is. Like he has experience running a whole roster of... Top management position. He was promoted under senior vice president of events, uh, live events in May. That being said, he appears to be closest to Bruce Richard, not Nick Khan nor Stephanie McMahon. He's probably going to stay well and do a specific job and try to endear himself to whomever is likely to have power when Bruce Richard inevitably goes away over time. Hmm. Another one to watch out for, Cody. He was an EVP at AEW. Has right. Both booking and promoting. Triple H right. and Rose were cuts in NXT. And Triple, Cody, as said, Triple H was one of his favorite wrestlers. Right. Cody could forge a bond over time, and it could lead to Cody being a player behind the scenes in WWE. That being said, in his early months of the company, Cody didn't impress some key people in management who... Just weren't sure how long it would take him to, since he has a distinct personality and a particular approach about how he carries himself behind the scenes. There is some curiosity in how Shane McMahon fits into this, or if he'll ever try to insert himself into this situation. The divide between Shane and Stephanie said to be firm, and any jealousy or attempts to interrupt this situation won't be well received by basically anyone in keys. Positions in management, in management at this point, Shane doesn't have much of a way of any personal alliance left. And then the last note. This was a long one. This was like two thousand characters. Mm. AEW wrestlers I've communicated with, especially those expiring deals this year, and discontent or discontent with Tony Khan's booking, see this as a big positive development. <laughs> Of course they do. Yeah, the wrestler, wrestlers who wouldn't have expected WWE to show them interest under Vince McMahon's leadership now see a whole potential new option for themselves. It's a whole new game, yeah. A whole new game. <laughs> so that's the unless if Observer has anything or Fightful has anything. That's the latest on Vince. Okay, so I do wonder about this though. Does MJF? What does he do now? As much as he, he's talked about going to WWE at the start of 2024 and or whenever he gets out of his, his uh, AEW right. contract, what does he do? Was he a Vince guy? Uh, he seems like a Vince guy because of his like his name and his promo work. He seems like more of a Vince guy than a Triple H guy. What does he do? Does he is he is he one to be of the Triple H? Is he one that he would go to WWE now? Or would he dip? Or would he would he go back? Well, I don't know about crawling back to AEW, but what does he do? That part is interesting to me. So, right. that, yeah, that's that, the, the AEW door part of it. I think, yeah, 100%. That becomes a very, very interesting piece. I, I think, like, like, when we see, like, new people come in, that's going to be very telling. Cody made sense the moment he left AEW. Cody made sense to come back to WWE. Because of with Vince or whether Vince or Triple H guy, because of how well Dusty uh, the relationship with Dusty and how Triple H values Dusty, that made a whole that made a ton of sense. That was obvious. But yeah, what happens with 
dudes who leave, people who leave AEW and are thinking, oh, they're going to make more money in WWE. Let's go there. I was like, there, there are cats who just won't come back. Like, Sam Punk, I don't expect ever to come back. Or Moxley, I don't expect to ever come back. But, but there, there, there are dudes who I think would... I, I wonder what happens. Yeah. Yep, exactly. Exactly. It's like... I think... I just think... I just think... I just think, I don't know. It, it's really weird. Because you want to be booked by somebody. Oh, definitely, yeah. Yeah. It's a very, very discerning situation. Um, what, what are your closing thoughts? Vince has a very trouble. It's a very mixed legacy. There is some good because the the business of wrestling and wrestling as a whole is not what it is now without him putting it on the stage that he put it on. But then the person that is Vince of two things in the one in the wrestling world and one one outside of it, obviously inside of it, he cut off his nose to spite his face way too much. And there are times where he tried way, way, way too hard to book a hand to put a handful of people on and try to have those handful of people carry the shows as they do, as they did and as they're doing right now with the Bloodline and Roman. We're pretty much Raw and or SmackDown is ninety percent Roman. It's like a, a whole lot of Roman and a whole lot of Becky and a whole lot of Ronda, and the mid card is basically ignored, and the tag right. teams are basically and tag teams are basically ignored. Outside of the Usos, New Day, pretty much anyone that can generate much street profits, pretty much anyone can generate generate money. And then uh, that's the cold call of no spite face part. And then obviously the stuff outside of wrestling, which is all the drama he's gotten in over the years, the drama he's currently into now, like how how he beat cases with Tyler, with Turner and with Hogan and like assault cases like that and all this stuff. So it's a mixed bag with Vince. And I do think it was, it's absolutely time for a change. I think it's been time for a change for a couple of years now. I, I was just watching NXT and how I loved NXT but, uh, up until 2.0, where I like it now, but it's, it's not as good anywhere near as good as it was. And a lot of that was Triple H. And like I've seen what Triple H can do and how Triple H is booked and how the energy of the shows was dope, was better back at 1.0 as opposed to 2. So like it's just, I think it it is time for a change, and I'm I would like to see what Raw and SmackDown would look like if it had 1.0 guts. And I, I think Raw, SmackDown, and NXT would all be looked at entirely different. It would all be looked at as, oh, we gotta watch Raw, oh, we gotta watch SmackDown, and oh, we gotta watch NXT. So now you got four out of five days of the week where it's like, okay, we got bangers coming up, and then the takeovers become hot, and the, the main card pay per views become hot again. And like that's I wanna get let's get back to that. And then we can watch AEW as a different as a different change of pace with AEW speed and, and all that stuff, and that becomes better because Iron Sharp resigned and competition gets better. So I hope we can get I hope Triple H and Stephanie and, and their and their team can take it to where that needs to be. I would I wish them well, and I think that I ultimately think that Triple H is going to succeed. But as as opposed to Vince. It's kind of a mixed bag, and it's kind of how, honestly, I kind of view Joe Paterno in this way, where he did a lot of good, and there's a whole lot of things that he could have done a whole lot better than he didn't do. Right. And so, like, I don't, and like, I, I when I go up there to State College, like, every now and again, I see the whole 409 stuff and the Joe Pa stuff. Like, I salute Joe, Pater- Joe Paterno for what he did, but I don't view him as a deity. I don't view him as, as like, as a legendary figure, and I don't, I, I think of Vince the same way. I think of it the same way. Like I don't view him as a deity. I view him as somebody who did a whole lot and did, did a whole lot for the business. But I don't view him as like a all-knowing, all-seeing, godlike figure. So I guess that's where I am with this. No one should see anybody like a godlike figure. That, no. If anyone has that type of cult of personality to begin with, if it does, if it definitely does. That goes with anything, but. 
especially in wrestling, it's just like these these brain rotted WWE fans are going to cheer in no matter what. And it's like, you know, this guy sexually harassed at least four women. We know at least five, actually. Right, right, right. Because 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 of the money he, he the got, tanning uh, and so on because of the money. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, think about think about this though. Remember CM Punk's pipe bomb? Didn't CM Punk point to a whole lot of this uh, yeah, during that pipe bomb? He, he, he talked about oh, like, he should have been. A, he's but the line was like he's a millionaire who should be a billionaire, but he makes his own, he makes a whole lot of stupid decisions that get like that basically cut off his nose despite his face. So like it's it's a obviously he didn't he didn't like what, what Triple H and Stephanie uh, where he didn't think that they would be good, but. There's a good amount of, the, of that pipe bomb that is actually facts right now. And that's wild. The 10-year anniversary of that just happened not too... Not too oh, actually, no, the 11-year anniversary just happened not too long ago. Yeah, exactly. That's wild. I, I, I think the real day that Vince McMahon deserves his praise is when he's dead. But mm. this is not the day for that. This is not the day. He deserves to live the rest of his life in disgrace. Honestly. Let's be honest here. He got away with a lot of stuff. <laughs> he sure did. He, he beat the case a lot. He, he's got some real good lawyers. He beat the case a lot. Gary McDivitt is, is a very good lawyer, okay? Yeah, yeah, he is. I don't know if he's going to beat this one, but he, he's beat a lot of... He's, He's beating the case a he lot. This one. He would still be in. Yeah, this is true. This is true. 100%. He may not be facing jail time, but he, he's not the face of the company anymore. Yeah. I never thought this day would come. I didn't think I so either. I, I thought it would come when Vince was dead. I, 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 thought, I really thought this would come when Vince was dead. I legitimately thought it like was like. I thought he would he have a heart attack in Gorilla. <laughs> I, I legitimately thought, yeah, like like Vince would like pass away at some point, like, and then that's how Stephanie and Intro Plates become like run the show. But it's like he's a very complicated guy. But I, I, I I'm not going to be the one who has the acumen. I'm not going to be the one who. I read a lot of Joe Lanz's article and. I agree with 100% of that article because that article re- lays out everyone, it, almost everyone, major one, that he stole or took and tried to mold into his vision and made less money. So, I, I, it's hard to end this show because it's like, I want to really poignant statement, but hit the bricks, Vince. <laughs> hit the bricks. It's time to get in the rig. <laughs> uh, the game Plugs. has changed. Plugs. <laughs> Twitter.com. Beast Mike on Twitter is where you can find me. I've been uh, doing this show called The Stereo to Me with the, the guy I know very well, Dave, the stepdad. You can find us on uh, – we'll actually be on Spaces later tonight uh, to talk about th- uh, this as well. Uh, we'll get his side of it, uh, this side of things. So you can catch me at Beast Mike on Twitter and Instagram. Is I may join you. <laughs> yeah, so you, you, can, you can jump in as well. Everybody can jump in. Everybody can jump in uh, to the spaces that we're going to drop uh, later this evening. And – We'll talk about Vince, and obviously, I think we'll talk about Vince. I think on a lighter tone, uh, it, it probably won't be anywhere near as dark as this. But I do think this did need. I think I think it needed to happen up. because it needed to be brought up. Hundred percent. We can't be talking about legacy here without. Yeah, no, you gotta talk about you gotta talk about the good and the bad. I, I think the the bad parts of it are part of his legacy. So th- this this is why like this is why I, I said what I said earlier. Like where it's like. Okay, like this Vince, like the, the the stuff that you've seen, and then the stuff that you haven't. I think it, it all it's intertwined. It all makes sense. It all should be mentioned. 
So yeah, no, like our spaces conversation probably won't be anywhere near as serious as this. Right. But this didn't need to happen. So the, we we hundred percent did need to go there. So I'm I'm good with that. So I, I'm I'm good with a different perspective here to talk about like more so Vince the person as a more so Vince the character. So I'm I think that that's but perfectly. Even in Joe Lance's article, he said it's hard to separate the uh, he. Act from the uh, actor, or the art from the artist. Yeah, that, that's yeah. Art imitate. They, they just say the phrase "art imitates life," and there, there's some and there's some instances. But well, wasn't it, wasn't it said that there are some instances in wrestling where like I think they're talking about a Ric Flair's uh, rivals th- uh, show. Oh, I think it was on USA. But you were talking about Andy. like, huh? Annie, it was on. A and E and I think USA uh, like did it too, where they talked about how Ric Flair's and ESPN's uh, Ric Flair Thirty for Thirty, where he talked about how life and like, life on the road and, and wrestling, like a, a kind of and the wrestling character Ric Flair, all became one basically. So right. and it's the thought of it is like there are some people in the wrestling industry where that happens, where life on the road and and life in general becomes one and the same. And people and people just turn into like a different, entirely different monster. I think that's in Vince's case, I think one hundred percent true. Life imitates art, and I think Vince life on the road and life as the the figurehead of Vince McMahon, where he's the the billionaire, like he wants to be a playboy, where he thinks he can get anything and everything he wants to, basically by snapping his fingers and like, and do what he wants without reprimands or, or, or reproach. And I think that's a hundred percent true. I think he tried to make life imitate that kind of art. So I think that makes a ton of sense as to why we're we looking at this way. In a world where he was the big guy, yes. The he only did. world where he was the big guy, where the only world where he could be the guy and not have any type of consequence, at least on screen, is the one that he created. Yes, right. Uh, DJ D Cooks on Twitter. I've been retweeting a lot of stuff. Yep, um, I've been. Basically, on this Vince story since it happened, um, with retweets, with my own thoughts, and yeah, it's just a damning day. I- I'm just gonna say a damning day in the overrated, complicated legacy of Vince McMahon.